Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you once again for another 24 episode. We're into episode four of season four. It's the last of the big two night finale, and boy oh boy, do they fizzle out with this finale. one. Finale. Uh, this is a short season. It is. It's my four. name is Jack Bauer, and this is the shortest day of my life. <laughs> Welcome to four. <laughs> <laughs> It's the new short version of 24 on Fox. Um, Jack Bauer's angry, and this time people are listening to him, so shit's done quickly. Uh, This first aired on the 10th of January, 2005, written by Stephen Cronish, directed by Brad Turner. I expect better from those two for this episode. Um, And, yeah, this one. Um, My name is Ben, and whatever, I was going to quit anyway. And my name is Colin, and I am the co-host for the Oz Network. You will listen to me. Hang on, hang on. keep going. No, 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 no. No, no. <laughs> Dad, Dad. I don't want to calm down. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what uh, is sad is that the best part of this episode is some very hammy acting uh, from yeah. two storylines, which are actually weirdly amazing. Um, uh-huh. But it's just brought down by other crap. Um, so uh, I think I've sold the fact that this is going to be my first bin in quite some time. Um, and it just, like, I want to say that it makes me sad that I bin this episode because on the grand scheme of 24 bad episodes, this is in the top tier, right? So like we have got some stuff to come later on in this show, which is just pure rubbish. Whereas this is entertaining rubbish mm-hmm. and... I see what they're doing. Like, I again, this is what we talked about last week. It's like, pull something out of a hat. Jack robs a gas station. Like, <laughs> it's Jack's got to do shit for the greater good. And I get that. And that's what's entertaining. And I, I, I weirdly want to like this, but it's just beyond the point where it's dumb. And what makes it worse for me is knowing that literally in a week, it's just going to be like, oh, Jack, you scallywag robbing gas stations <laughs> off your pop. Go get some terrorists. Like, I mean, again, we've just come off a season where Tony is in jail for treason <laughs> and Jack's holding up cops and gas stations and it's like, oh, Jack, you. Um, sometimes it's entertaining, but it's also just stupid. And I think this is this episode in a nutshell. It's entertaining, but it's stupid. I don't think we're going to disagree on this much, but I, I feel like the, the, the build-up to this since really last season when you teased, hey, do you remember there was an episode where Jack Bauer robbed a gas station? I'm like, I cannot wait to see this. And in a weird way, this is so bad, it almost lived up to the hype. I feel like it is enjoyable bad. So I agree with you on that. I think I may have had a little bit more fun with it than you did just because I think I went into this expecting bad, whereas when you 
rewatch this not you know uh recently for this uh recap but you know prior to this uh what was it last uh a couple months ago or whatever when you uh yeah. got through all the seasons um you probably were expecting all oh, of the season four it's gonna be good uh and it's really not i mean to me my biggest issue with this is just the lack in logic of everything and i i'm pretty sure you ended the last episode by reading this but um <clears throat> Jack robs a store to buy time for Chloe to steal a live satellite feed to follow the only lead in the abduction of Secretary of Defense James Heller. That says it all. Yeah. <laughs> this is, wow, we have no idea what we're doing. All right. Convenience store, satellites are slow. Chloe has to steal satellites. Yep. And this is our only lead. Okay. Yep. How is this their only lead? It's, There's six other leads out there that nobody's even exploring. They're torturing the Secretary of Defense's son, but that's not a lead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, and yeah, it's, this is just, again, Jack's got a Jack, 24's got a 24. And it literally comes down to the fact that this is the moment where you will say, like, in five years' time, oh, remember that episode where Jack robbed a gas station? I mean, again, it's literally yeah. Jack chops a guy's head off. Jack wants to shove a towel down someone's throat. like, but like Tony's shot in the neck. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, they're, they're opening sockets. But, like, it's just sometimes it's just beyond the point where it's just stupid. And this is, again, 24 where it's like there's always got to be conflict. There's, you know, Chloe's against Darren and, you know, Edgar's this and – they're having meetings and they're torturing. Like, again, we'll get to see to you very shortly in terms of, oh, let's just have a pointless meeting for three seconds. Like, um, and again, we're not TV writers. It, it goes through, but uh, we're here, you know, nearly 20 years later doing what we do. But uh, do, let, do, let's get the Jack stuff over and done with. I mean, like, you know, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, basically all it borders down to is Jack's held up this gas station. He's uh, got everybody, you know, on the ground, give me, give me your cell phones. And uh, he just, Jack's just racist. He just wants to punch this terrorist. <laughs> I don't have a cell phone. Damn it, give me your cell phone. <laughs> um, is it Doug, the, the station? Doug, I love yeah. Doug. So oh. Please tell me you recognize this guy. Uh, he does kind of look familiar. Where's he from? It, we we covered him. Uh, Spider-Man 2. He's the garbage man who finds the suit. Oh. This, he's the... This is the um, uh, give this man his money in and throw it a bar of soap. Right, that guy. Okay, well, I love this guy because I just I love Doug. Yeah. He's Mr. Cooperative. Like, oh, in the back, oh, there's only this. Oh, it comes at twelve o'clock, and then all of a sudden, he's the one who basically gets them all like uh, into trouble because you know he's yelling out, "Oh, we're being kidnapped." Which, like, does that mean I can just walk past any cop if they're on the radio? <laughs> like, if I'm walking down the street and there's Sergeant Jenkins with the New South Wales Police Force, like, oh, yes, g'day, uh, Jenny, I'm just going on my break. If I, like, I walk past and go, help, I'm being kidnapped. Like, they're going to send, like, a SWAT team. Is that how it works? Um, but, yeah, so, Jack, uh, give me your cell phones and all that sort of stuff. Some woman just wants a cigarette. I love polite, Jack. Uh, sorry, we're closed. Oh, I just want a pack of cigarettes. Well, you're going to have to go across the street to the other gas station. Have a lovely day. <laughs> well, does he even say, like, the power's down or something like that? Yeah. I, mean, I was wondering, like, did he shut off the lights? Like, I think the giant light outside, the, the sign that says Doug's Gas Depot or something <laughs> like that would be a dead giveaway. The power's not out. I just, I just love, like, no matter how bad this episode may be, Kiva Sutherland puts his all into it. And you can never fault Kiva mm-hmm. Sutherland for phoning in. I think there was an episode recently where we said, like, even Kiva phones it in a little bit. But, like, this is the thing with him in this episode. I, I'm sure even Kiva Sutherland's going, like, really? Jack Bauer's mm-hmm. going to rob a gas station? This is the storyline <laughs> you're going with? Um, but, like, he's brilliant. Like, just when he gets this woman, like, oh, you're going to have to go across the street. You're going to have to do that. And he goes, like, give me your cell phones. <laughs> <laughs> for God's sakes. <laughs> for God's sakes, man, give me your cell phones. Um, 
So he's basically holding her up, and every five seconds he's on the phone, damn it, Chloe, damn it, Chloe, damn it, Chloe. Um, he says damn it twice in this episode. But I do love the fact that at the end of last week, we had got 10 minutes until I get satellite. Jack calls back 10 minutes later. Chloe's like, I'm going to need 10 minutes. Like, I'm kind of with Jack all of a sudden, like, Chloe, like, you, know, you told me 10 minutes. Um, but, yeah, so Jack's kind of, like, feigning that he wants to rob. He's waiting for a drop. A cop shows up, and I love Doug. Uh, g'day, Sam. Uh, you're closed, Doug. Yeah, I'm doing inventory in the middle of the day. Middle of the day. <laughs> That's right. Everything all right? Everything's great. Are you sure, Doug? Everything's perfect. Something's going on here, Doug. And then Jack holds up a cop because, you know, this is okay. Um, like, why Why doesn't Jack, like, just say to this cop, like, g'day, mate, like, he's Australian, like, how you doing? Um, so, like, I'm working with the government and I need you to, like, like, Again, I guess any whack job can say that. I could hold up a bank and be like, yeah, I'm working for the government. Um, yeah. But I don't know, like holds them all in there. And um, basically, I love Jack negotiating. Like they're like, oh, you only need one hostage to make this work. And Jack's like, I'm going to think about it. <laughs> I'm like, the, the, the thing that I then have a problem with this storyline is that I've watched enough TV and movies to know that if somebody's got a hostage or they've got a hold up or something like that, it's never this easy that they escape. So, like, what was that? Was it the negotiated that Samuel L. Jackson, Kevin Spacey movie? That was a good yeah. movie. You remember that movie? Mm-hmm. Um, like, and this is where I think like Jack just gets plot armor because it literally gets to the point where you hear him have one phone call with negotiating, realizes the satellite's up, so he's going to get away here. So what does he do? I'm going to take one person with me, just happens to be our terrorist friend, and he's going to get in a car and drive off. And the cops just let him. Like, th- this yeah. isn't how this works. Um, They'd be tailing him at the very least. Exactly. And, and like, nobody follow me. They're like, uh, we're not allowed to do that. Yeah, like they've got Where's a, the helicopter? Exactly. Jack should be yelling at it. Like, I mean, this is America. <laughs> America. Like, Kim and that guy in season two didn't get out in two seconds. Um, so, like, this is, again, where it's just like, let's make Jack do outlandish things and he's going to be protected no matter what. And then within a week, it's going to be forgotten about that. This is what he did. Mm-hmm. As much as I love the prison outbreak last season and him running away to Mexico within three hours. Oh, Jack, you. <laughs> um, so like, this is where sometimes it just gets a bit silly and I get it. This is a show, which isn't meant to be super realistic, but like you tow this line where sometimes you are being realistic and everything. And then all of a sudden you just kind of do over the top things and you contradict yourself by having one of your characters from last season, whose life is being destroyed. And we're going to beat him very soon. Uh, done for treason. When honestly, Jack is doing a thousand times worse things here and he's okay. Um, but anyway, so Jack escapes with our terrorist friend, kicks him out of the car, get out. Uh, and then he's going to basically have this big standoff, with him, which again, it's silly, but it's tense. I do like Kiefer here when he kind of he looks at the gun. And you know Jack could take these cops down with one pistol. I'm sorry. Like, Jack's winning that fight. But he ends up getting himself arrested at the end. So uh, that's Jack Bauer this week. Yeah, I mean, this, the, the biggest problem with this, again, is just it's the lack of logic in what's going on. Like, we, we said, oh, five, ten minutes at the end of the last episode. But then she's like, oh, well, they're watching me now. So, But, like, this is a satellite. I mean, enemy of the state. Several years prior to this, it, it, it took them seconds. I mean, we talked about in season one, the technology that CTU had in the year yeah. 2001. It's like, we're still not there. <laughs> but but why do we have the single slowest satellites in the history of satellites here? Satellites have been around for 50 years at this point. Like, I'm pretty sure you can get it a little bit quicker than an hour and a half, Chloe. 
Um, but uh, I mean, I weirdly found myself trying to be more critical of the fact that Jack is robbing a gas station. And then I would think about it. I'm like, you know, everything he's doing kind of makes sense for his cover. You know, I need to stall because it's the fact that the, the, he's covering as you know, this gas station robber that makes sense, you know, where he's telling everybody uh, he's not just singling out the one guy, you know, he's saying, everybody give me your phones. And then when the one guy does not he's like, Oh, well, why would you have this? Uh, the, the way that he's checking the armored car uh, thing and everything, like he's creating a cover story on the spot. And I kind of like that, but uh, it's Jack robbing a convenience store. Like how is, how is this here? And he obviously he did he plan for the police to come like what was his getaway if chloe hadn't taken chloe had just called him up 20 seconds later so i got it now it's like it's all right i'm out of here <laughs> i just found out i won the lottery folks. i'm rich i don't need to rob anything anymore <laughs> bye-bye and that slurpee is on me miss <laughs> i i don't know what my his name plan is tony was. almeida you can find me at the following address to arrest me well, because, like, his plan to get this guy out of there is to have him as a hostage, right? Yeah. So the only way he's going to have a hostage is the police are called. So why isn't he trying to get the cops' attention? Why isn't he, when the cops are the window, just showing his gun? Like, you know, nobody come near me or something like that. Like, I don't understand what his logic is in his getaway plan, his escape plan here. Um, but yeah, like this cop, this just reminded me of, we just covered panic room a couple months ago with Paul Schultz as the good cop doing this exact same thing. Are you sure everything's all right, miss? Give me a wink if you can't talk right now. Um, and yeah, I love seeing this, this you know, garbage man from uh, Spider-Man I love too. Guy. I love Doug. He's so good. There's a lot of like really good bit players uh, in, in this season so far. I, I really don't feel like anybody is phoning it in, you know, like uh, even the characters that I hated, well, we're going to get to Debbie in a bit. I'm like, this is Debbie's best episode yet. I mean, it comes really a little too, too, a little too late, but uh, this is Debbie's finally, uh, finally actually broken out and uh, done something right here. Um I, I, I mean, why does he take off the mask? Yeah. That's another question they I always, have. They always do they, that in these shows. Once they've blocked the cameras they, out, people can still see them. Yeah, like there's witnesses here. And and again, this is this is going from the cover story Jack has here, you know? Uh, I would almost think play up on that a little bit more because the real reason is the writers, the producers, they don't want to do an entire episode with Kiefer Sutherland in a mask. Yeah. What's the point? That, that's why in all the Spider-Man movies, he always has his mask off at some point, you know, it, it gets ripped off or it gets burned off or something like that, blown off uh, because you're not going to have your star unrecognizable. That, that's what people tune in for. But play up on that in the episode a little bit, make it where Jack's like, all right, I'm a desperate man. And you know, I'm desperate because I just showed my face. So nobody make a move or I'm going to kill you. Make it, make him like a little bit more of an erratic character, play up a little bit more on the backstory. Cause really you're dragging this out for almost an entire hour. Yeah. So do a little bit more with it. than just, he's waving a gun around and telling people to get in the back every once in a while. I'll- uh, the, the escape, I'll just quickly add the escape is pretty good. Uh, although Jack, like it, it, he just keeps driving. I'm wondering how far, is he like he told the guy leave on foot nobody's called him yet to say jack we know what you're doing come back to the office we're gonna arrest you he keeps driving like he's halfway to nevada right now <laughs> shouldn't he have pulled off the road somewhere yeah. hidden behind a rock and watch with his binoculars to see where this guy was going yeah that's a good point actually I, and i love when you get um aaron you know it's over jack stand down like it's really bad acting but um you're breaking up i can't hear you which <laughs> I mean, I also got to say, like, 
the terrorists have kind of been somewhat smartish this season, but it just comes across as dumb, this guy, too, because then he just gets on the phone and is just like, hey, there was a hold-up, but I'm on the way to the... Like, he's, That's he's, a story for another time. <laughs> he, he's kind of suspicious of Jack because he's like, it doesn't make sense. Why? Like, surely he's got to put two and two together. Like, well, this is yeah. convenient. And like it just and then, like, the guys at the compound are just like, oh, well, you were just delayed for 45 minutes on a today. Like, you're about to kill a 17-year-old girl because she was jealous of her boyfriend and you just mm-hmm. saw a building in the distance. Yeah, this guy, yeah. oh, that's fine. Like, you know, like. Yeah, like they're way too well organized to let this slide. And this guy, especially, we've already seen him kill people this season. Yeah. So why is he not asking more questions? I, I get up to the point, like I, I like I said, I like Jack's cover story of how he gets the gun off of this guy and everything. But the second that Jack says, you're my hostage, that's when this guy's like, someone else is going on here, you know, and he's obviously equipped enough to disarm Jack. Well, he tried with a can of bug spray. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> now that's fantastic. We need to, can we edit this right up here to now say, <clears throat> uh, Jack robs a store to buy time for Chloe to steal a live satellite feed to fall. The only lead to the abduction of the secretary of defense, James Heller. And Jack almost gets disarmed <laughs> by. Spray. Do, you, do you remember the first season when he um, took the, the diner lady hostage and then one of the yeah. little tile oh, bits and you, bad. and you see her like try to get him with Mace and he's all like, ah, yeah. like I, I, it reminds <laughs> you of that, but like Jack just uh, the, he doesn't even get him near his face. I think he sprays Jack's legs. <laughs> his ankles, yeah. <laughs> but I said, but maybe he wasn't trying to disarm him. He was like, oh my god, Jack, there's a spider on your leg. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to help you. Like, I mean, you know, big spiders here at Doug's gas station. Um, <laughs> um, I guess we've only really got CTU and the the Aras family. Let's do CTU because, jeez, uh, um, uh, like, sure, like, let's just have conflict. And again, this is this is just twenty four to a T. We're going to have people working against each other because we disagree. But this is the worst office environment ever. Imagine if you worked in an office and everybody was just always suspicious of each other. Oh yeah. no, I don't believe what they're doing. I'm going to go against their back. Like I've had a job for a month. Even I know that office politics doesn't work that way. But like, so basically, Chloe's still working behind Aaron's back. Um, they have the most pointless meeting. Again, this is the t- torture and pointless. <laughs> Everyone to. Meeting room seven. We've got an important briefing. Chloe's like, oh, I'm I'm busy. Chloe, this is important. Get to the briefing room. All right, everyone. Just an update. Uh, we've got one suspect. Jackie's on rogue. That's it. Back to your desks. Uh- <laughs> that was the 9 a.m. important meeting update. We hope for more at the 9.15. <laughs> that is literally the meeting. Um, I do kind of like when, um, what's the name, Marianne meets Chloe. It's like, hi, I'm Marianne. I'm here. And Chloe's just like, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> See, uh, let, let's quickly talk about Marianne here because she doesn't really do much else in this episode. Ugh. But this is kind of what I was getting at last week. And that, and maybe it is the difference because at this point, you know, you we don't – I already complained about Sarah's character. Like, they clearly had no idea where they were going with her at this point. I don't believe they knew where they were going with Curtis's character. I don't believe they knew where they were going with Driscoll's character in episode one. But, like, from, from last week and then even in this week – you already we if we know where Marianne's character goes. I can see that they had a plan from beginning to end, and maybe that's why I appreciate her character a little bit more. Because especially early here in season four, there was a lot of like we'll figure it out later on, and yet I can see everything she's doing. You can connect those dots to what's going to happen later on. Eh, yeah, I see what you're saying. But I just don't like her. I just don't like this character because she's just. She's there for five seconds and it's all like, oh, I'm mysterious. Oh, I'm evil. And then she's going to be like bagging out Edgar and I know what you're doing. Like, 
make if she's power hungry, like like I don't know, you've you've got but, this implication that she is, but for what? Like she's just come in and she's just being a bitch to everyone. But you said something else back there that uh kind of had me thinking about something that's not really explored well in the season, but would have been interesting if they could have worked it in. And that's the office morale, the office politics and everything is just like all time low here. They don't really go anywhere with that, but they, they, there really is something different between this and season three, season three, everybody was snotty with each other. Nobody got along, but yeah, you get, they functioned. This just seems like from every character's point of view, this is a dysfunctional office. Nobody is following anybody's lead. It all comes down to leadership. You could have played up on that a little bit more. And Marianne also kind of ties in with that. This idea that some new person can come in and it's like, I'm already stirring things up. Yeah, I agree. But like, it, they just don't go anywhere. Like it's just until Aaron mm-hmm. leaves and Michelle comes in, it's just, it's these back and forth and it's just weird. I think season five does a better. How much, more, how much more fun would it have been if that was part of the show right now? Yeah, but I think. they're stalling. Like they could have called this episode, we're stalling people. Season five kind of does it well. I think at the end when they bring in Homeland Security and we meet Karen, like I think kind of mm-hmm. that is a good level of conflict where that makes sense. If you've got Homeland and CTU working against each other. I mean, when I say that it makes sense, but it doesn't, but again, we'll get to that. But um, yeah, I mean, this is just, it's just what they do in 24 and CTU. You always got to have conflict. You always got to have someone, you know, against each other. And it just, it's just silly. I just think it's just silly. Cause now you're just going to have the entire episode of Chloe sneaking around, blackmailing Edgar, Aaron being nice to Chloe, but Oh, she's lying. Sarah monitor her stations. Um, and you're right, like with Curtis, because this is the thing. I love Curtis, but like at this point, Curtis is a pen pusher. Curtis is like whatever, but mm-hmm. by the end of the season, he's a field agent. Like it's like, well, what is he? Like I mean, you know. Um, but at least kind of you just like Curtis, and you kind of ignore that. Um, again, Edgar's just there and being blackmailed. Poor Edgar. Um, and essentially, Chloe's working off station, and uh, she eventually is going to get caught. And she's going to be fired. Just a spoiler alert, Chloe does go missing in this season. Like, Chloe is absent from this season for a good portion of it. So, in like a week or two, she kind of gets fired and then she doesn't come back to a lot later in the season. So, uh, yeah, Chloe is missing for a chunk of this season. Um, But anyway, uh, that's basically it. Marianne blackmails Edgar to find out what's happening. Um, Edgar's basically all like, oh, you know, I'm not going down with you, Chloe, blah, 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 blah. And Aaron eventually rings Jack and then they find out that Jack was right because look at the technology that just happens to work for them now. They intercept a phone call. Well, isn't that convenient that this happens now um, and that that leads you to believe Jack. This could have all been avoided if you had ever used the magical phone intercept button an hour ago. Um, but now it works because plot's <laughs> got a plot and Jack's got to be saved next week. But um, eh, like at least we don't have... What's his face getting tortured needlessly? But I don't know. I just Marianne stares a lot. Aaron working against Chloe. Yeah. Thank you for leaving out Maya because that's the worst thing in all oh, four seasons. Oh fuck! Maybe. Shit! I forgot about her. I was oh, a daughter. I, I, oh. I'm gonna argue. Well, see here. Here's where my dilemma is. I I would argue that this is worse than the baby. Um, no. But it has it has a payoff <laughs> that that really helps redeem it a little bit. It's, it's, it's an unpleasant payoff, but it's like, that's good television drama payoff. But yeah, the, the, I'll fill it in here. Uh, her daughter calls her all panicky. And then the neighbor calls, like, it happened again. She was in my yard yelling at my son. Um, it's just, it's just bad. This is, this is what we had so much of with Kim in the first three seasons that we just don't need this fam- family drama. But again, this is where I feel like this was the episode where like, we know where we're going with Aaron now. 
We didn't know for the first three episodes because realistically, you would have planted some seed about this if you had any plans. It was like they got four episodes in and they're like, oh, I got it. Schizophrenic daughter. Suicide. Oh, don't want to spoil too much. Somebody will commit suicide. It's going to be Ed. Ed's going to commit suicide. Uh, but uh, the, the other part is this, this, like you said, the whole uh, meetings for the sake of having meetings. Like they say there, we have no leads except for Richard Heller. Like, yes, but you do. Like you already have the intel about Paige. You could be followed. We talked about how you should be following like the satellites. And they even have a graphic on the screen where like, this was the last known position. And they have like a radius drawn. Like, that is a lead. What do you mean Richard's your only lead? Like, I can just imagine they have like 45 agents sitting in the back, drinking coffee, eating donuts, Aaron coming in there. It's like, guys, we presently still have no leads. As soon as there's a lead, drop the donuts, drop the coffee, you're on the road. And they're like, we're ready to go, boss. Just give us give us the call. We'll be in. Um, these people have got to be so bored right now. And why is everybody so busy if they have no leads but Richard Heller? Yeah. Nobody has time for anything. Edgar doesn't have time to help Chloe. Chloe doesn't have time to help Jack. Sarah's just there. We don't know what she's doing. I think that's what I said last week when it basically comes down to the fact with this satellite thing being bullshit. Because, again, they've got that area where they can they show it in this episode. <laughs> like, this is uh, an area. He's in a Pontiac Express. This is the mile range he could drive to. Like, again, you contradict yourself the next week by having this. And like, let's point this out again. This is the last of this two-night, four-episode premiere. And how much does this just fizzle out? Like it yeah, just, well, like, there's, there's, it's not even a joke. There is nothing happening in this episode. Yeah. Every single character is basically just buying time. Chloe's buying time so she can get on the satellite thing. Jack is buying time. So, you know, Chloe has time to do that. Uh, Aaron's buying time because she has to deal with her daughter. Heller is buying time. We're going to get to him. I mean, Dino. Oh, I can't wait till we talk about how she's just stalling and buying time in this episode. Uh, but, but the satellite thing, here's another thing that bothers me. Okay. So, I, I don't like to criticize the writers too much because again, it's it's not their fault. Sometimes you don't have direction. You don't know where you're going to go. Networks say certain things, but there is a moment in this episode that I am going to give a free pass and say it is not a plot hole because I would rather explain it away as Edgar being a bad liar. Driscoll says, Edgar, I'm putting you on satellite coverage. Work the satellites, plug those sockets and stay on those satellites, <laughs> which I thought perfect opportunity. This is how they, they have to have Chloe take longer but they don't even go in that direction. And then when Sarah is doing the spying for Aaron and she's going out and talking, Hey Edgar, what are you working on? Oh, uh, just some socket opening. Oh, that's satellite on your screen. Yeah. I just like to watch it. Why don't you just say, well, Aaron did tell me to watch yeah. the satellites yeah. <laughs> because it's like the writer suddenly forgot this is his job. He has to make up a lie about it. Yeah. Uh, but it is kind of fun to see. This is really the first time we're going to get Chloe and Edgar butting heads because this is the brother and sister relationship of the show. I mean, they, they, they toyed with it a little bit with both Kim and with Chloe, with Adam last season, but it was a different dynamic. That was like bickering coworkers. This is like a brother sister thing. And we get a little bit of that here. It's not like it's that great, but it, it, it just kind of makes me excited about where we're going to go over the next couple seasons with these two characters. Um, uh, uh, other things. What do, what do we have going on? Um, the, yeah, the, the Richard Heller stuff we don't even get this week. They obviously just, took a break. I mean, he thought the, the 30 minutes was three hours last time. So they're giving him an hour. I mean, he's going to think it's six days later and his dad's <laughs> dead by the time they finish with his torture. I'm not saying we need to see more torture because we will talk about it. It is difficult to watch, but when you're saying he's your only lead and you have this many people in the office, 
then show us that you're working that lead because it just feels like nobody in this office is doing anything for an hour. Yeah. And like they should be doing something. Um, and we do get also mentioned division here. Uh, what is it? Edgar says, oh, division has me working on or, or Sarah says, does division know you're doing this? Uh, Sarah spying for Aaron. Like, why did we need this? Does, does it, you know, Sarah's got to do something. It, it, but that's that's kind of what I'm getting. At. Like, it they clearly had no idea what to do with this character, and it's like Chloe with the baby. It's like they probably had the idea in season three. We're gonna have Chloe for about 12, 13 episodes, and they're like, all right, we want to keep her on. What else are we gonna do? It's like Sarah was like, okay, she's gonna be a background character. No, no, no. we we want to go somewhere with her, but we're not ready to go there yet. All right, she's spying for Aaron. Like, it just seems unnecessary. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, oh. Go, go ahead. I have one more thing I want to talk about. No, I, the video. Go for it. The video phones. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. I love that Chloe addresses the obvious that we didn't get last week where Edgar is like 10 feet away from her looking at her. Hello, Chloe. This is Edgar Styles. Edgar, why are you calling me? I'm right here. Um, I don't know if you ever worked with people like that, where they'll send yeah. a message when they're like right next to you. I, I remember like sometimes people will do that. If it's not something that everybody should overhear, you know, uh, Oh, you know, we, we have this going on. Don't say anything. But like, I, I, I do work with somebody who, uh, they have a habit of uh, when I'm on the other side of the cubicle messaging me and I'm like, we're literally the only two people in this entire building right now. <laughs> you can get up and it's somebody else who literally works like right behind you. You literally just roll your chair over five feet, open the door and say, Hey, are you there? I'm going for my break. <laughs> we'll do that. It'll message. People. We, we have like a nine o'clock meeting and uh, often it will be all over like Google meetings. And so sometimes, you know, I've just got the phones in. I'm, I'm in this kind of like little room with like the video guys and so, like, sometimes they'll be on it. And so, literally, like, if one of them's, like, trying to get their attention and they're not answering, I literally just turn around and go, like, uh, you know, yep, they're, they're talking to you or something like that. But, yeah, no, we do that with the Slack messages and that. And there's a guy who works next to me. So, was like, why is everybody just messaging each other when you're just right in the same building? And it's just like, well, <laughs> we're millennials. We don't like talking to each other. <laughs> um, the the Yeah, the, the one thing I'll say, it's not as bad as a baby storyline, Aaron's daughter, but like it, it, you're right. It does have a conclusion and it does go somewhere, yeah. but fuck, it's annoying. And like, this mm-hmm. isn't even the last of the, Oh, let's have a CTU has a random family drama storyline of this season. Cause Edgar's going to have one too. Don't forget that. Um, so <sighs> did you uh, recognize Maya here? I think when I rewatched this couple months ago, I did look her up. Um, and I think I did refresh my memory. Yeah. Um, like I, I didn't recognize her watching this, but I remembered I think it was last year they had one of those um, you always get these articles. Where is the cast from this now? And uh, they had like a home alone actors. Where are they now? And she was, I think she was one of Kevin's sisters in home alone, Uh. other sisters or cousins, but uh, I'm pretty sure she was like the really snotty one who, who called him incompetent or something like that. Uh, but uh, yeah, that, that that's her. Cause I, I looked it up this time. I'm like, Oh yeah. So she was the one in home alone. Good also she was in Jerry, Jerry Maguire. I didn't even realize this. Um, did you Tom ever watch Jerry Maguire? We didn't. <laughs> it was. Didn't we? Oh no, we didn't cover it on the show. I did watch it a couple of years ago for the no. first time. I was, I was underwhelmed. Oh, she's one of like the many clients. There's a montage where all of his clients kind of fake drop. Well, they drop him uh, as their agent, and she's the one who fakes. There's a, another call on the other line where she's in the middle of crying with him, and then all of a sudden she's pleasant. It's still me, and she fakes crying again. So right. she's had at least two other credits that people might recognize her from. But wow, she is the worst here. Like Jeez. really the worst. <laughs> and I'm, I'm I'm with the neighbor here. We've called the cops. Oh, please don't call the guy. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
Jesus. Um, I've got that we're going to do the hell storyline. So basically they're uh, still kidnapped and uh, <laughs> Willem Devane, the star of this episode. <laughs> I don't want to calm down. No. <laughs> i got to say like it's cheesy over the top because I do love the fact that where it's like, Dad, calm down. Where are your pills for your heart? Like it's just yeah. like, oh, here we go. Like, you know, you always well, just okay. have- is this a ploy on uh, Audrey's part or was she, cause I, I was really unclear if this is something where she said it and then Heller had this brilliant idea. Ooh, I can play up on I, this. Maybe, but I, I think it's implied that they've had this discussion and this is a plan. Like I know we had that last week when he's basically like, if you know, once the trial's gone, you got to, cause like when he he's like, ah, 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 and the guy comes in and he like kills him. Like Audrey's way too calm to just be like going yeah. like, you would honestly expect her to be like, Oh my God, dad, what's going on? It's like, come on, let's go. Like they kind of are just almost yeah. like get their guns. Let's go. So I feel this is a plan. Um, mm. But I just, I always love like, what was that in 2012 and, and all these shows where it's like, Oh, we're going to get their medication. Otherwise they're going to die. Like, um, you know, but I just, Willem Devane, brilliant. <laughs> Calm down. No. Ah, ah, grabs his chest. <laughs> like, so good. But I just love the Secretary of Defense going around killing people. <laughs> okay. And I love Audrey, his daughter. She's fine with it. She's just chilling. Yeah. Oh, there's dad just killing terrorists again. <laughs> That's his job. Um, but then they, I also love the, the big boss terrorist guy here. Doesn't give a shit about his men. If any more of my men die, your daughter dies. Like, there's freaking Fred and Sam and James. They're all dead on the ground. Fuck them. If any more die, I'm yeah. angry. Um, but, I mean, it's a cool little cameo. Like, the the next two storylines are the fun part for me. This is, you know, it's going to be a bin, but these two storylines, this and the Araz family kind of save it from being what will be not that low on the bin scale. Um, th- There's a question I've had for a couple of weeks, and I do like that they – have this little detail in here, but you're seeing Audrey and Heller and even the, the terrorists in the building, the kidnappers getting progressively sweatier and sweatier through all the last three episodes, um, which is a nice little detail. But I do have, I do wonder, like I get this is California or they're in the middle of desert or whatever, but if this were a metal building, I get it would be hot, but like this is a giant stone bunker mm. that we have to assume they're oh. underground. This would be the coolest place in California right now. So yeah. I don't quite get why everybody's sweating. You know, if they, if they again worked it in here where they had a heater above it just to really make Heller miserable, then uh, you know, I would like that a little bit better. But still, it's kind of a cool little just production detail that they had everybody sweating. Um, yeah, I mean, th- this is why I, we mentioned last week, this is why you get William Devane because he's good at this. And, and there's very few actors that can pull stuff like this off he kind of knows this is bad and he's playing up on it almost as like a wink to the audience. I feel, uh, but I don't know the secretary of defense going around with a machine, machine gun Heller here. Uh, don't worry in future seasons, they're going to have the future president of the United States killing people. And that's just completely oh, yeah. fine. <laughs> but like my biggest problem again, again, so the lack of logic. Like we we've already applauded the show in the first three episodes with how well put together all these terrorist plans are. And it's like, everybody's asleep at the wheel this week. Cause how is he going to get away? Like if he yeah. gets a gun and shoots, there's 16 other guards there. Like this is as bad as the security they had him during Michelle's escape from uh, Saunders with his old oh, dude boss. Like <laughs> these are the dope boss henchmen here. Dude. I don't understand why the, the, what's the guy's name here? The, the default Marwan for now. Oh, 
default Marwan DM. Default Marwan <laughs> DM, yeah. DM here. Like, I, I really remembered him having a bigger presence in the show. I mean, maybe you know if, if they, yeah, he has he, more to do in the next couple does. weeks. He's still around for a bit. Yeah, I mean, he just comes across as lazy this week. Although I do love the moment where he he catches him. Again, he's just, like, so calm about it. Um, but, I mean, y- you have something for them to do. This isn't like when Kim and Terry were kidnapped and they actually take a nap yeah. in the middle of it. Like, you're keeping the stakes up. I do have to wonder, like, why... I-, I like that we have this different plot and it's not a nuke or whatever, but the the desperation on Jack's part... This We probably should talk about during the Jack part of why he's doing this. They, they again, haven't really touched on the fact that it's like, Oh, is it because of everything that happened with Terry and Kim before these being protective? Because to me, this doesn't seem like the type of threat where Jack would take all these risks or that everybody would go all out. I mean, yes, it would be a big deal. This would be a very big deal. If the secretary of defense was kidnapped and their life was in jeopardy. I mean, imagine what would happen if it was a president or whatever, but still it's like, it's, it's one guy and his daughter's life we don't know what else is happening yet. I mean, they basically said we're going to execute this guy. So from not the audience, from, from me as an audience member, I like that we have this different type of stakes on the show because the early episodes shouldn't be going balls to the walls. It should just be something a little bit simpler to build up to it. But I don't get from the rest of the characters why there is so much desperation at this point. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that, uh, you know, we got that little bit with Jack and Audrey and then kind of, yeah, there should be a lot more. Uh, reasoning behind it that is a that is a good point with it uh omar is his name uh, oh yeah omar. of course um two quick things that i want to mention i, I just said in future seasons we're going to get future presidents killing people um well spoiler alert this guy is a future president so he also <laughs> is just killing people here the future president of the united states yeah. by the way um and one thing actually before i get to the um the Araz family one thing i wanted to point out with the jack storyline when there's like a, i think it's the moment when He's hiding while Doug is talking to the cop. If you look like Jack is like hiding near this shelf and there's like a bunch of brochures next to the shelf and the brochure that he's hiding behind is like peer pressure. Do you need help? Um, and it just, to me, it's kind of like, well, Jack needs that. Jack's a bully. So like, I think <laughs> Jack needs to be like, he's what he looks at. Like, oh, damn, oh. I really do need help. <laughs> Chloe needs it. I mean, she's the one who's like, well, remember who helped you your first week when you were incompetent. <laughs> exactly. Peer pressure. Uh, let's get to the arrest. I mean, this, this is simple, but it's great. So basically Debbie's rocked up. Um, she's all asking Baru's permission. Was that okay to say? And like, uh, basically they're being questioned here. So uh, shall we say her name again? Sharif. Uh, de, how do you say her name? Sharif Agadashlu. Agadashlu. Agadash. Lou. Agadashlu. Agadashadina. Uh, so she's basically, she's basically all like, what's up, Debbie? How you doing? How are the kids? Uh, how's Adam? Cool. Um, great in the OC. Uh, so you're fucking my son. Um, probably not okay with that, but sure, whatever. We're, we're Muslim. We get, you know, bagged out all the time, so I feel your pain. So, by the way, you followed him, thought he was fucking another girl. He's not, by the way. Get over it. And uh, did you see a compound where we may or may not be holding the Secretary of Defence? <laughs> no, I did not. Okay, you're good. Uh, ask Nick in the tea. Um, which, can I just also point out, the focus on that glass of tea. I've never noticed it until this episode now. Like, every single shot of Debbie looking at a freaking photo album or Debbie right. talking about it, it's kind of like the camera people have gone like, don't make it obvious that this is some poison tea. 
<laughs> I didn't even notice that. I don't think I've noticed it till this episode. But um, basically, uh, yeah, Dina's all like, did you see anything? She's all like, no. Dina's all like, yay, let's look at some baby photos. Let's look at Baruza's little dick. Um, and then Debbie's loving it. Debbie's like, oh, this is so cute. This is so cute. Can, Can I, I kick it home and scan it? That's creepy. How long have these two been dating? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like if I'm seeing a girl, like, no matter if she's hot that much late in Mester, if she's saying to me after a week, can I take this home and scan? I'm like, oh, red flag. Uh, <laughs> but um, so uh, Dina calls up uh, hubby, uh, Mr. Um, a day after tomorrow, uh, and is all like, hey, so she didn't see anything. Cool, you know what to do. Although I do like him when he's kind of sitting there and he's on his laptop and you've got store woman there. It's like, oh, isn't it horrible how these people come from our homeland and be terrorists? And he's like, mm-hmm. mm, it's really bad for us. So kill the girl. <laughs> I, I like that. I do. Like I do too, though. Like it's kind of like a nice little nod there to, you know, uh, people don't suspect anyone. Um, so he's all like, make the boy do it. Make Baruz do it. He has to kill Debbie. So, of course, Baruz gets given a gun. Uh, don't argue with me, Baruz. Just do it. Uh, to which then Baruz is all like, no, Debbie, run, run for the hills, run for your life. <laughs> Just like, I don't feel well. <laughs> no, Leighton Mester's dead, which again, I'm kind of with you. She does a really good job this episode. But the, my favorite part of all this, this is so soap opera. This is so over the top, but I fucking love it because the, the thing, again, I'm binning this, but like the thing that saves this from being a bottom, bottom bin as well is the look that Sharia do oh, yeah. when she's I on the stairs you. and she's yes. staring at Bruce and she's got this flare up of her eyes. She kind of goes like, <laughs> like she just like, she opens her eyes for two seconds as if to say like, I'm evil. And I just mm-hmm. killed a teenage girl. <laughs> like, it's just, oh, it's so good. Like, I just love this look she does. It's just, it's just like, it's so shit. This is so terrible, this storyline. And it disappears really quickly. But I love it. I just love her reaction of, oh. I killed her. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I actually made a, a note about that one staircase walk, just the sinister walk and look, because it is so good. And uh, sometimes it is those little things in the episode that, that are the most impressive. And, you know, again, they're getting an Oscar nominee right off of an Oscar nomination. Uh, you know, she, she's obviously up to the challenge of making something different of this character. Uh, and it, it's the back and forth we get with her. Like this is, I think, four episodes in a row where I feel like, even somebody who knows how this storyline plays out, and this is probably at least the third time I've watched through this season, I'm I'm always surprised by it. it's like, oh, but she seems so nice, but, but she's evil. <laughs> <laughs> every every week it's the same thing. Uh, like she's just such a godfather and a puppet master, and it's it's a totally different. Like we've had a couple of female villains at this point in the show. We don't count Mandy because Mandy's you know really something different. As far as ones where it's like, oh, are they good or bad? I mean, she's so totally different than Nina. She's so totally different than Marie, and the weirdest thing about it is that unlike Marie and Nina, you know, right away, you know, in episode one, that Dina is a villain, Yeah. but yet they keep toying with that whole good and bad thing. They're going to continue to toy with them. And that's basically become a major part of the character. Uh, but it's just, it's, it's the best moment of the entire episode. Uh, and yeah, Debbie's good in this episode. Uh, you know, really the most obnoxious parts of her were in her first two episodes, the last two, the, uh, the kind of awkwardness of the teenager thing, like we mentioned last week, she really does get, uh, she really does get it this week. Uh, and, and the death scene's a little bit hammy too. I don't feel so good. It's like, it's like, uh, what is it? Uh, Peter Parker at the end of infinity, Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good. Um, 
but uh, but no, she in a weird way, I'm actually sympathetic towards her, and she was one of the characters well, that she came. Dies, this I season. hope so. Well, there's a lot of people <laughs> I want died, to die. In. I mean, if when Maya, I'm not, I won't say anymore. <laughs> We're not going to complain if this is Maya who's poisoned in her tea or whatever. Uh, the 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 stalling in this episode, though, here is the most obvious one. Forget satellites. Forget robbing a convenience store. Forget Heller's heart medication. This episode starts with Debbie or the episode previous episode ended with Debbie showing up. Right. I, I figured it is 27 minutes into this episode where Dina comes in with the iced tea. Like, should that not have been a red flag to Debbie? She took a long time to prepare my iced tea. Yeah. Uh, let me let me just look for some particles floating here. Hey, want to swap here, uh, Beruz? Like, who makes iced tea for 27 minutes? I mean, I get from Dina's point of view, it doesn't matter. But the other part, again, I, I don't want to call a plot hole. Let's give maybe the benefit of the doubt here. Just saying that Dina is always like she is a puppet master. She's one step ahead of everything. When we have that call to Navi, he gives the order and she's almost like, oh, but are you sure we need to kill the girl? Yes, we need to kill her because what if she talks to police? That again, a little detail. Of course, they're going to be concerned. That's the only part in this episode where any of the villains are actually thinking about the long-term plan. If something goes south and they're on to us, they're going to talk to her and she's going to say, well, I did see him drop off a bag. But when Navi is talking to her, he basically gives the order to kill Debbie. But the iced tea was already made like 15 minutes earlier. So I'm not going to say plot hole, but I'm going to say that Dina had the foresight to, we're going to kill her anyways. I'm calling the shots. Forget about Navi. And I think it's more of a case of probably knowing that Baruz isn't going to go through with it. But um, I do like that line when Dina says like, you know, what, what does Bruce say? Like, oh, but her, her mom and they're going to send the police. And she's like, well, you know, with the events of today are done with, the cops are not going to care about some missing young girl. Like it's kind yeah. of like, you know, I like that level of um confidence also dina nina like uh what's with the <laughs> fomfina sabrina if there's ever sabrina in uh 24 <laughs> we know they're evil basically with it um i do also love the fact that when debbie's on the ground uh you can clearly see her breathing still um so uh <laughs> late mester you know uh dead characters don't breathe what an actress <laughs> um i mean i'm looking at her but uh yeah anyway um yeah, trivia for this one. Uh, I I think the only one I saw here was um, Jack Bauer and Chloe O'Brien are the only two characters in this episode that have ever appeared in a previous season of the show. I think we've had that before anyway, haven't we? How um, many? Is that, are they just going to do that for every episode they're in in season four? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. On Fox, this episode began during the credits of the previous episode. Both are shown the same night with the 24 title logo part of the previously on 24 segment. Okay, cool. Um, Jack's phone number is... Wait, so that... I'm sorry to interrupt, but we we ended the last episode with me saying I was kind of annoyed at the the idea we have to have this incredible cliffhanger uh, that we we have to have people hooked and stay tuned for. And I said, well, maybe they just want to come back from commercial break. These two are directly connected. There was going to be a commercial break. But again, when they filmed this, did they know it was going to be a two-night premiere? Don't know. Maybe. Uh, I'm assuming they would have to. Like, Because, I mean, the next two seasons at least seem very planned, the first four episodes, that they're going to be big explosive finales because even the shitty season six but has a great, you know, finale at the end of season. The I best, this, I would say. This being, even, like, I think 24 was the first show to do this. We're coming back mid-season. Actually, funny enough, Alias did it this exact same season. They both kind of debuted January. And then I think Lost did it. Was it season four when Lost moved to January? Or? Sure. Let's, let's yeah. say it was. I think it was season four when Lost decided that. So this is like, you know, one of the first shows to actually try that mid-season thing. So I don't know if they would have had the, 
the time to plan out or even have known they were going to try to do this. I de- yeah, I, like it just, this doesn't feel like this is a two night, four episode premiere, whereas the yeah. next two seasons definitely do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I love Jack's phone number is 555-2593. Um, and the Armored Truck Manifest, oh, Manifest, it just dropped on Netflix, <laughs> by the way. I downloaded it the other day. Uh, implies that day four begins on a Wednesday. Didn't we already debate that this was apparently on a Saturday? Like, I mean, <laughs> make your mind up, 24 wiki. Um, so... Yeah, it's school holidays apparently, remember, because that's why uh, Debbie and Baruz are not in school. Um, yeah, I've obviously spoiled that I'm binning this episode. Um, are you you haven't binned anything since last season, episode 19. Are you going on the bin again today? Uh, first, I just want to tease. I do have my updated rankings. Oh, finally. well uh, done. Good job. <laughs> I've updated it. Uh, but uh yeah, you know, I wanted to be able to rent this episode because, again, I was really enjoying it, but, like, I'm enjoying it for the wrong reasons. So I'm going to go with you that it's a bin, and uh, I, you already said you were going to rank this fairly high on the bins. I mean, this is my third highest bin. The only ones I have higher than this is Season 1, Episode 18, and then Season 2, Episode 6. So I've got this as 66th overall. I've got it uh, 69. Huh? That's a sex joke. Um, But this is my highest bin, Uh, so I've got this just above episode 20 of season two and just below the lowest rent, which is episode two of season two. Um, and then looking at my overall list, cause when I was trying to find this uh, to rank it, um, it is decently there. drops a few, but um, it's not the lowest bin ever. So um, yeah, look, Jack Rob's a gas. I mean, come on. <laughs> like, I mean, on paper, it sounds amazing, but like it just, uh, yeah, anyway, um, so that means that next week is an episode of 24. And according to the review or the, uh, the synopsis, Driscoll agrees to work with Jack. Secretary, Secretary Heller, sec, sec, that awesome fella, uh, and Audrey decide to take their own fate, take their fate into their own hands. The Araz family encounters another problem in their cover up. Ooh, drama. Um, yeah, next week, uh, if I'm looking at what I do with next, uh, next week's not a bin from memory. So um, is it a rent or a buy? You'll have to tune in next week to find out. Uh, have you watched next week's episode yet? No, I have not. Um, I, I'm actually, I, I, I kind of want to get back to doing that because I think the first three seasons, I was doing that, watching a little bit ahead, and I had much stronger memories of everything that happened next, whereas season four is a lot more of a blur to me. Uh, so yeah, I... I I haven't watched anything next week. I haven't even read what the synopsis is. I just heard you say it. Um, but uh, yeah, I might watch the next couple episodes in advance because it's getting into it now. And I kind of want to, I kind of want to know where everything's going. I want to, I basically, I want to know when the Maya story is done. A little bit to go yet with that. Let's <laughs> just say that. Um, but uh, tune in next week. We'll have that happening for you then. And uh, you will be thrilled and excited with everything that comes from our 24 coverage because that's generally how we roll. Uh, we've got one more lost episode to go that is dropping this week. It is our series recap where we recap the entire series, uh, funnily enough. So um, one more to go with that. And then next week we will have the uh, the written rankings that I did because Noah can't be bothered writing shit out because he's lazy. Um, but, yeah, then as of next so, week, 24 is it. It's the only show you'll be listening to us cover. So, well, The Amazing Race, as long as Rocky yeah, well. keeps uh, recording that. 
Um, so I've, I've been working on something for the month of December, some best ofs. And uh, today I was listening through an episode of 2017 where we talked about an actor from Lost at the end of it who was going to appear in one of our best ofs. And we were talking about liking that character and Noah not liking that character. And you said, hey, we're going to be talking about this very soon as we're about to start covering season three of Lost. That was five years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, we we, we, we would, took our time. You know, uh, perfection <laughs> takes time. But you're, all, you're just about there. We've officially done. Like, trust me, I don't have to listen to Noah anymore. But, Noah will find a way to delay next week's episode. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he'll be like, I'm not happy with that. My agent says we shouldn't air it. But uh, <laughs> other great stuff happening. And, uh, yeah, obviously getting closer to 2023. We haven't worked out what we're doing next year yet, but we'll uh, get there. Uh, Australian Survivor Hall of Fame, that's happening eventually. We've done the votes. Got to put stuff together and announce those as well. And uh, also, I guess I might see Black Panther eventually, potentially by the time I've seen it. By the time you've seen this episode, maybe I've seen it. I don't know yet. I've got to work out my weekend at the time of recording. If you start watching it now, you'll be done by the time the next episode airs. Oh, yeah, yes. it's long, right? <laughs> it's um, a long one. If you like the World Cup, though, listen to Off the Podium. Is that exciting? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which one will finish first, the World Cup or Wakanda Forever? World we don't know. Cup, probably. <laughs> well, Wakanda will win the World Cup. Uh, <laughs> Uh, tune in, do all that sort of stuff. Great. My name is Ben, and is that okay to say? And my name is Colin, and I expect you to be able to walk and chew gum at the same time, Ben. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff yes sir do you like having access to your favorite podcast hosts in a way like never before yeah absolutely do you wish you had access to our old survivor oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online oh yeah if you answered yes to one two or all of those questions then get excited because the oz network is now on patreon That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.